It's Tuesday, September 10th, and today I talk with Tommy Ryan about how to minimize the impact on end users when doing a tenant consolidation. Hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Work Together Better podcast. This is your host, Danny Ryan. This is Three Will's official podcast about enterprise collaboration, how people, process, and technology combine to help organizations, departments, and teams work together better. Today, I'm going to continue on my conversation with Tommy Ryan about uh, tenant consolidations. How's it going, Tommy? It's going well. Having a good day so far. Wonderful. Feels like uh, it's the middle of the summer, even though it should be fall soon. Yes, we're at the beginning of September and we're, we're ready for the fall to come, but oh well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it will come sometime soon. So I wanted to continue on our conversations about uh, tenant consolidations. And so just for folks who might be, this might be the first um, uh, podcast that you listen to on this series, what we're talking about is for, you know, when a large companies, when one company purchases another company or gets, you know, um, acquired by uh, another company, sort of like, they typically both have Office 365. And um, so there's a tenant consolidation effort that is put into place in order to um, merge one of the tenants into the other tenant. So a big company A acquires big company B. And uh, so therefore you want to get all of that content that big company B has over into that uh, first tenant. And so we're, uh, we've uh, been uh, working with some uh, companies to do this, exactly this thing. And so what I'm, uh, what we're doing and focusing in on today is trying to minimize the amount of impact to your end users, because these are really important um, collaboration systems, and you can't always get all of that content out of big company B over to big company A in in a weekend or in off hours. And so, one of the things we want to do is look at at batching of content. So, let's get kicked off with that. Some some uh, initial thoughts on this, Tommy. What's what's what are some things that go into trying to minimize that uh, that impact during um, these types of projects? Well, you really need to understand the content that you're going to move and the dependencies between the containers of content and, and just the, the expectations that you have around availability um, of that content to the users that collaborate with it. Um, we like to look at uh, moving this content and two approaches, um, one being a single pass uh, migration and then a two pass migration. And you know, the essence of those two different approaches is the single pass is get everything over um, and you have a, a cut over where you turn off access to the source, move it to the destination and then re-enable it on the destination and uh, making batches small enough where you can do that with um, you know, minimal interruption to the content. And that works well, and it's a great approach. It's a low-cost approach, but there are situations where you need to move um, several batches of content over and then release it as one you know, big launch 
because of the interdependencies between the content. You know, it could be a set of communication and department sites that everything is kind of interlinked and you want it to come over as a whole and not come over in pieces. So that requires a two-pass migration, more coordination. You're basically, quote, migrating twice, but the second time is only a, a smaller incremental amount of what's changed since you first moved it. So those are the two kind of, you know, kind of technical approaches that we leverage when we're trying to minimize the impact to the end user and you know, understanding the, the content, um, how important it is to keep it available. There's certain content that people can live with it uh, being down for, you know, 12 hours um, overnight or um, maybe over a weekend. And we tune to how many um, how many of these containers we can move in a batch because there's a, there's a lot of coordination around um, you know running that batch um, you're scheduling it you're communicating to people around it you're doing a um, validation and testing of you know did the, the content come over um, and you want all those processes done with the largest amount of content as possible so you can have efficiencies but then you have to cut it off and say, well, can't get more than this because it's going to start interrupting um, our end users um, with collaborating around that content. And since we're talking about Office Office 365, is this content could be anything from like things that are stored into inside a SharePoint online to things that are in, in Teams or diff, just the different services that you have within Office 365? Are you are you, you so you're looking at sort of like how the how the different um, places where you're storing content, how they move over as well? Yeah, that's a a tricky question. And there's quite a bit of detail to answer that, but kind of putting it at a high level, uh, you've got your Uh email content. Um, That's a big bucket of information around your communication internally and externally. And then you've got your SharePoint content and let's kind of lump uh-huh. Teams in there too, because <clears throat> Teams is kind of that um, user interface to you know, make it simpler to interact with that SharePoint content. And then you have the rest of your collaboration services that, um, you know, most of that is not going to come over in a migration. There's not APIs to um, move that type of information. So you have to you know, think about what's the strategy to, um, to, you know, manage the expectations and work with, you know, what do I do with my plans? Am I, you know, looking to export this and import it back in? Am I bringing, you know, do I have a transition period that we say, you know, create your new plans here, your old plans finish up here. So, um, you're going to have at a very high level things that you can move because there's tooling to support it. And then things that you're not going to move, but you're going to have change management over how do we transition mm-hmm. over into the new And I would imagine too, if some, we're talking about large companies too. So that's, there might be some, you know, moving over line of business applications and some more complex things that are out there as well, where it's not just the content itself, but actually information about the applications that they've built. 
Yeah, and that you know that's all going to depend on how a couple is at yeah. with Office three sixty five. Um, so, um, and and of course we're talking about you know a tenant to tenant consolidation versus you could acquire a company and they've got SharePoint on prem. You know we're working with companies that are in those scenarios that they're consolidating their content through an acquisition, but they're taking content from SharePoint two thousand and ten and getting that over into the um, destination, which is Office 365 in the acquiring company. So, um, you know, that, that step, you know, maybe moving to Office 365 within um, that uh, acquired company's tenant or going directly from SharePoint on-prem to the uh, acquiring mm-hmm. company's tenant. This it sounds like just again from an outsider looking looking in on this that that uh, some of the the these sort of practices that we have with batching and sort of trying to minimize impact came from some of the the different types of platform migrations that we've been doing. You know, we've been doing a lot of the Jive migrations and and looking and also a lot of uh, SharePoint on prem to the cloud that we've. We're sort of taking what we learned there, applying it now over to tenant consolidations, and a lot of things end up mapping over fairly well because you're, 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 you're. It's a similar type of activity that you're going through, and a lot of it has to do with. Every time I meet up with Kirk, he says the most important thing is communication, 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 and that 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 is really key to these types of projects. It is. I think a lot of the principles carry over. Um, you're just, you know, you're batching it in a different way. So, you know, in a tenant consolidation, you, you might have multiple companies coming into one tenant. And as a part of that, you know, one of your factors will be let's address company A first. And ideally, company A is a simpler scenario, less content, allows you to get you know, the logistics in place around communications and, and tooling and just, you know, coordination with help desk and all those activities. And you do that at a, a smaller scale. So you, you work out the kinks before you go to the, the larger companies that are a part of that acquisition. And yeah, communication is, is definitely key. And, and I think, what can be challenging and consolidation of tenants is is the you know, you know determination of what's going going to happen. You know, are we going to keep the same email domains when we merge tenants? Um, how do we transition that um, and minimize the impact? You know, during those mi- migration activities. These all, you know, no matter what type of migration you do from going from platform to platform or consolidating within a platform, you're, you, you care about what happens to the end user. Your goal is to minimize the impact to them. And, and the ideal scenario is you do it so well, they might even not know that you've moved to a new platform. So if you move their email and you have a way to push out an update where the the, the email de- domain is reconfigured in the new tenant, and they just show up the next day, and their email is, is working. That you know doesn't 
you know, skip a beat. Um, that's a very happy end user and a very happy company in that tenant migration or consolidation effort. Um, and then you find things that, okay, you know, we've got some constraints here that we're going to have to get the user involved in this process. How do we do that in a way that is easy for them? You know, give them an easy button. And some of that is, you know, deciding what you're going to support and not support. And then what you don't support, you have the appropriate amount of communication and change management to help them address that same problem in their new scenario. And that, and that not only communication, it might even require some training. There might be some new tools that they get introduced to because in their previous tenant, maybe they didn't have Planner turned on and they were managing their projects in Microsoft Project Server and that could go away in that consolidation and now they have to be aware of, you know, this is your new tool for project management. Awesome. Anything else before we wrap up? Uh, I, I think uh, at the end of the day, you, you bring the tools to bear to minimize the impact to the end user. So it, it takes time understanding what is the content, um, what are the, the end users and their expectations, and, and optimize your process and communication to you know, make their life as easy as possible. Awesome. Thank you, Tommy, for taking the time to do this. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Work Together Better podcast. We're available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you're looking for a partner to help you craft a modern digital workplace on the Microsoft Cloud, please come by and see us at 3will.com. That's the number three spelled out, W-I-L-L.com. Thank you and have a great day.